All right, back out of here on the fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterwin. If you're hanging, hang tight. We'll get you in about 20 minutes. We're talking about the Cavs as well. We have the Guardians game to get to, but now let's get to the fan focus. All right, leading us off here, we're going to start with Kevin Lima on Deshaun's playing time for preseason game number two. Well, it just seems like Philly's not happening. Like there is going to be not a snap by the starters in that Philly game offensively because of what they're going to go through okay. earlier in the week. Well, I'm just throwing out. I, I, I just have to be saying, of because uh, I don't know if you had an idea about fine. whether or not if he, he played against Philly. Fine, I'll change my mind on this. If he looks bad, which I don't expect on Friday night, then in the final game of the season, much like preseason, preseason, much like Kansas City played Patrick Mahomes in their final game last year. Some some listeners brought that to our attention. Like a half. Yeah. yeah, that shocked me. But there is a new setup. Andy Reid, maybe he's in front got of the other coaches now before yeah. the regular season starts. So it's not like he's going to be tired. Now I question why this game is scheduled at noon in Kansas City in late August because it gets hot and cold. It's basically Ohio. It gets hot as hell and cold in Kansas City, but that's when they're going to schedule. I mean, if he plays poorly, if he plays well, I would kick around if he wanted to play playing against Kansas City. Now, you and I have talked about that already, and maybe we'll cross that bridge again coming up here in a couple of weeks. But I think if he doesn't play well, I don't think his level of play should change what I plan if I'm Kevin Stefanski. So if he doesn't play well, I might just be upset with some of the fan reaction and say, boy, I wish you would play against Kansas City so we can get that nasty taste out of our mouth. But if Kevin Stefanski is only planning to play him against Washington coming up on Friday and that's it, then damn it, then he only plays against Washington on Friday and that's it. If he plays well, he plays well. If he doesn't play well, then I guess we're going to have to deal with some things here. Because it is a it is a bit of a new offense and it is something that you're going to have to work out some of the problems with. But I'm just pointing out for the fans. I don't think that they should be cracking the crust if things don't go well on Friday against Washington with Deshaun Watson playing. What I would assume is maybe a few series or an entire first quarter. I don't know if they should do that. I don't think they should. But I just know you and I, we have a tight relationship with the fans. We're very close with one another. We basically are where the line is blurred. And I just don't want fans freaking out. And I don't want myself doubting it. I do not want to imagine a world where this doesn't work out. And what is working out means playoffs. I disagree with Ken. Ken says he doesn't think the, the play should dictate what happens with week four, not against Kansas City for the preseason. I think it should directly impact whether or not Deshaun Watson's out there in week four. If he's great, I, I don't need to see any more. He doesn't need to see any more. If he's not good, then he's got to get comfortable. He's got to get comfortable. So if he, if he absolutely vomits all over his shoes on Friday night and, and throws the warm burners into the ground and, and looks pretty bad, then I, I need to see him. Need to see him out there. Yes, yes, I do. So I think it's dependent on on how he plays. I, I really do believe that. And and I again, maybe I guess there is some wiggle room there for the idea that if he looks like garbage, but his eyes tell him I was reading the defenses right, I was making the right plays. Uh, you know, ball went off the hands of a receiver and popped into a defender's hands. Not the end of the world, right? Like it's circumstantial to a degree. But ultimately, if he balls out, then he probably won't need to see anything else. And if he looks like he's seeing Ghost out there, like he's seeing Casper left, uh, left and right, then uh, maybe he needs to be out there for the Kansas City game. Hell, maybe we need to consider a little bit more than just the Kansas City game, even though that seems very unlikely to happen. All right, next up, Baskin and Phelps on Phelps's miles record with his vehicles. They're just terrible investments. We all have to have them. We all sure. like cars. I love cars. Right. But 
they're terrible investments. Okay. You know, because they lose their value the minute you drive them off the lot. Sure. And I, But I love cars. I told you the one time I bought a, um, my first SUV was uh, Explorer Sport. And they set up the car in the showroom, and then they opened the door so you could drive it out of the showroom. And I was so excited. I was so pumped. Yeah. And my dad was sitting next to me. And as I pulled out the 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 showroom, and I pulled out on the street, we were on the west side at, on Lorraine Avenue, and my dad goes, "Did you feel that?" And I go, "No, what's wrong? What's wrong, Daddy?" He goes, "Son, I'll never forget." This. He goes, "That's depreciation." <laughs> Oops! I said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. <laughs> He said, what you just paid for that car just went significantly down because you drove it out the door. That's great. Um, Here's proof that I think they're bad investments, and if you can just keep them rolling and avoid car payments, it's great. The Phelps family has four vehicles that we drive. I I have – we're a family of five. My oldest lives out of state now. He's a college grad and has his own car. Okay. One of the four cars we drive – and I might need to do a little better math on this and find out exactly. One million miles. We're really close. Oh, you are? Yes. Wow. <laughs> I was kidding. I was totally joking. The four cars combined. Just off the top of my head. Ladies and gentlemen, the Clunker Crew. I, they all run at 970,000 miles. It's incredible. Nearly a million miles between the four cars. Phelps knows how to take care of a car. You got to give him that. I would never be. I could win the lottery, and you you wouldn't see me driving around with Lambos. Okay, yeah, it just it's not who I am. Good, reliable, American-made classic Chevys is all this sports fan needs. It's all I need. Something like that runs nice, runs nice, looks great. All those type of things. It's all you need. And uh, if you're like Phelps and you can take care of the cars, I'm not very good at taking care of my cars though. So one thing I wish I was better at, I, I get the oil changed, I do all the servicing, I do that. Like I, I'm fine at that, but actually taking care of them, I, I just I wish I was better at that. I, I, I'm not I'm not the world's greatest at that. I could be better. All right, next up, we go to uh, Nick on the expectations for the defense week one taking on Cincinnati. I think it's going to be a lot easier to be a defense week one. You've got Joe Burrow. Even if he plays, he's on a gimpy leg. If he doesn't yeah. play, it's Trevor Simeon, who might as well would probably be better with one of Joe Burrow's legs than both of his legs. You've got an offensive line that I'm very skeptical they're going to work out over 18 weeks, let alone week one, with Orlando Brown at left tackle and Jonah Williams has been displaced and all this stuff. So it's a favorable matchup for the defense. And then I just think, like, defense has the edge early. Right. And... I, I think you look at the way they're set up. What's the way you beat Joe Burrow? Assuming that he's playing, you attack him. And I think if you look at how the Browns have been, I think, what is Joe, 1-5 against the Browns, 1-4 against the Browns Ish, in his career? Yeah. So the way that they've been able to beat him is the way that you beat franchise quarterbacks. And, yes, you can, you can beat franchise quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks. You can beat Mahomes with a great uh, secondary. But the number one thing you need to do to really have a chance is you need to get after him and you need to make him feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think you can do that. I, th- I think that's the bare minimum of whether you generate turnovers or not, whether your secondary is perfect, whether your run game is perfect or not. I think the bare minimum for week one 
for that defense is get after the quarterback. And there's no reason that they can't do that. It sounds nice. And, it, it, again, it sounds like the right plan. I disagree with it, though, only because I think Joe Burrow is the exception to that. Now, Joe Burrow has been sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL since Joe Burrow entered the NFL. All it's done is take him to two AFC title games and playing in the Super Bowl. I'll never forget that Titans game, Titans postseason game, to advance on to take on the Chiefs in the AFC title game, which they then won to go to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. It was the game Ryan Tannehill threw an interception on the opening drive. He tossed three interceptions in total. Joe Burrow was sacked like nine or ten times in that game. He, he is offensive line proof. He is sack proof. It's not supposed to be reality, but what Joe Burrow's secret trick is, is when they went and drafted Jamar Chase and didn't take Panay Sewell, it was with the idea that Joe Burrow would have to withstand a bunch of hits, and he would also be able to withstand being sacked as much as he is. And let's be honest, he's just able to. I've never seen a quarterback like it. If I can give him one true gift that he has that I've never seen in quarterback history, it's the Miles Garrett's of the world don't ruin his day. They just don't. They sack him. They get in his face. They do everything you possibly can. And the man just finds a way to win games. Obviously, the Browns being the exception on that one. But it's incredible what he's been able to do up against having a really bad offensive line the majority of the time he's been in the league. And it just doesn't seem to matter for him. Next up, Ken and Lima with Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas is going to make an appearance here in the Fan Focus. As the three of them talked about tattoos at the Hall of Fame party for Joe on Saturday. And my wife has a tattoo now, another one, and uh, oh, yes. always, yeah, I always have a remembrance of you. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Oh. Joe, uh, we can't, Lama, you got anything? I was going to ask you about football, and I'm like, eh, we got other times that we can ask you about football and all those things. So I what was the tattoo? What was the tattoo? It was like a leaf thing or something on her, on her <laughs> wrist. Yeah, that's what it was. I guess she was in line with, I think she, was your mom in line too? Oh, yeah. Mom, okay. my mother-in-law got a uh, smiley face, which she she uh, had a few beverages. There was a few Coors Lights in her system, uh, a few 73 Colches. Um, and it was funny because that was the, the talk of our like family chat group the next morning. Was Nana got a tattoo, and it was a smiley face that looked drunk. <laughs> so her sister, who's, who's my sister-in-law, Went the next morning and got a smiley face that looks drunk in solidarity because you felt so embarrassed for her mom that she got a drunk smiley face on her wrist. <laughs> That's fantastic. I've really come around to the idea that getting a tattoo at a place that is memorable is the best time to get a tattoo. I, at first, I was like, why do you have a tattoo tent? It seemed a little odd as a party favor for people. Makes great sense. Anytime anyone looks at that tattoo, that is the tattoo they got at the Hall of Fame party for Joe Thomas. I'm not a tattoo guy myself. I don't begrudge anybody that has them. You have them, enjoy them. It's just not for me. But if I were to ever get a tattoo, and that's really not on the cards for me, but if I were to ever get one, it would have to be somewhere special now. I can't just go to some random rinky-dink tattoo shop. I got to do it at somewhere special. No doubt about that. That's going to be a thing. You go over people's houses. It's like, uh, I, I mean, I've heard about tattoo parties in general where people legitimately do. They go to, like, someone's house, and everyone just gets a tattoo and gets just hammered. Wild. Wild scenario. All right. Next up, we go back to afternoon drive. It's Nick and it's Dustin talking about Deshaun Watson in preseason game number two. I'm just not that worried about it. I think guys 
you know, play in the preseason. Sometimes they get hurt. Sometimes they don't. It's it's to me, it's it's a physical deal, and he needs reps. He just said it. He's like, I need to get back in the groove, back in the in, in the, the the groove of how things go, like being in and out of the huddle, like feeling winded on a drive. Like those are things that you can't prepare for without actually going out there in a game. I personally, in and of myself, and again, I'm this is not even going to be the whole segment because we're going to get into Friday night here. I personally think I would just rather them wait to have the risk of injury until games matter. There's For me personally, there's a huge difference between risking injury in a preseason game. And, and so here's the thing. If this is Kenny Pickett or, honestly, if it's Kirk Cousins and, and Jared Goff, yeah. good quarterbacks, not great quarterbacks. Maybe I'm more uh, – here's the thing. I, there's just nothing that can happen on Friday that will be worth the potential – for excitement that's going to happen when we finally get to see Deshaun play the best. And maybe I'm just being a little too, um, maybe I'm shooting down the idea of how much Friday's going to matter. But, you know, I, I was listening to Kevin Stefanski earlier. Maybe it's one series, maybe it's two, maybe it's more of a number of plays instead of a half quarter or something like that. But I'll say, here's my hope. Get in, get your work in, and get the hell off as soon as humanly possible. That's when we start setting what we want on Friday, that's where I am with playing Deshaun Watson. Not just Deshaun, because I kind of dismissed the other starters, but also the other starters as well. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun's the most important, obviously. I, I, I think Stefanski's probably going to play Deshaun just long enough. Just long enough? Just long enough where he feels like, I, I saw enough, and he's good to go. Like, it, it could be one drive. Mm-hmm. Could be one drive. We'll talk about it as the show moves on. We did a little bit of it at 840. Odyssey Rewind. Go back and listen to that. Leave that there. We come on back. we got to get to the Guardians when they wrap up. We'll get your phone calls at 216-474-0092. And we can talk about it. I don't think you're going to enjoy what I have to say. We'll do it next right here on The Fan.